So what is the most difficult word in the Bible to really wrap your mind around? It's not hard to say, but, and you can give a little explanation, but to really grasp the whole concept, it's difficult. Can you think of a word? We've been singing about it a little bit today. It starts with a G. Grace, that's what it is. So Grace, you're right. We often think we know what it is, but it's really quite complex. Grace is only mentioned a few times in the Old Testament, but it's all over the New Testament, isn't it? So let's spend some time this morning digging into the concept of grace. And as we go, be noticing in your life how God has been working out grace. So when a person works and is compensated, we call that a wage. And when a person runs a race and gets to the end, he or she might get a trophy or um, an award. Or when a person performs a great achievement and is honored, they would get an award. But when a person receives something that is not a wage, not a prize, or an award, we call it a gift, a gift. And that's what grace is. It's a gift. Now, because humankind is so legalistic, we have trouble, difficulty understanding the gift of grace. So let's go for an example. Raise your hand if you're a parent. Okay. Raise your hand if you're a grandparent. All right. Do we have any aunts and uncles out there? All right. Some of you raised your hand for all of that. How blessed you are. So I'd like you to picture yourself holding one of your little babies that you love. Maybe you're not a baby person. I used to not be a baby person until about eight months ago. <laughs> when this little girl entered my life, I am her Hala, which is aunt in Turkish. I'm her great aunt. And I am crazy about her. I mean, I love her so much. It's, it's crazy. Um, when I'm holding her and giving her a bottle and those big eyes are just staring at me, the whole world just falls away. There's nobody else in the room. It's just Cece and me. And I am just filling up with that love, looking at her. Can anybody relate to that feeling? Okay, I'm not too crazy. So that's emotional. Now let's go to logic. All right, think about that baby you love, that baby you're holding. Does he really love you? He doesn't really know what love is. <laughs> Does he really appreciate your problems or have sympathy for you? No, like Cece, the baby just smiles and giggles, maybe cries a little. But think about the family, your family that that child was raised in. Is that little one contributing one cent <laughs> to the family? <laughs> Not really. Or 
Actually, they're costing you an arm and a leg, right? We know how that goes. Yet you love that child more than you can express. There's no sacrifice you won't make for that child. And maybe later on, that feeling, I know that it will continue. It will grow in love. Does anybody have a 40 or 50-year-old child that you'd love like that? To me, this is the clearest picture. It's just a taste to help me understand what love and grace is like. It's how, it's how God feels about me. It's how God feels about you. He's crazy about you. Now here's the thing that's really interesting. His love doesn't depend on your faithfulness or your appreciation. Soak that in. I'm going to say it again. Here's the thing. His love does not depend on your faithfulness or your appreciation. God loves us with this unspeakable love. We were just singing about it. All the songs were like tying in. Um, it's really hard to understand. But he loves us whether we love him back or not. Have you ever told somebody God loves you and they kind of reject it? They're like, no, he doesn't love me. I don't even believe in him. Well, he still loves that person. The world doesn't understand this kind of love. I think, though, some of us in this room and online, we are starting to understand that. We spend our lifetime living under that love that he lavishes upon us. God loves you. He always has, and he always will. His love and grace are unconditional. Okay, so we as United Methodists understand grace as a gift of God. Grace is unmerited, is an unmerited gift from God based on his, based on him, his unconditional love for us. Bishop Will Wilmon describes grace as the power of God working in you to give you a transformed life. Now, we say unmerited a lot at church. Do we really soak that in? We don't really understand that kind of love, that kind of grace. We can't earn it. No matter how many times we go to church. Now, some of us were hoping to get extra points for coming on today, right? <laughs> on the holiday, instead of being at the beach. Doesn't work like that. He loves the people at the beach, <laughs> walking down the street, as much as he loves all of us. We don't earn it. It's about God and what he did, and it's undeserved. So to help us better understand this amazing grace that we have, our founder of the Methodist Church, who is it? Ah, John Wesley. He preached about three kinds of grace. Prevenient, justifying, and sanctifying. Now, I could preach a whole sermon about each of those, but don't panic. This is just an overview. So, prevenient grace is the grace that God gives us and enables us to respond. 
That's how we respond to the gospel. This is the grace that's working on us even before we know him. God is working in our lives. Provenient grace is where God is reaching out to us, maybe getting our attention, helping us see that we need a relationship with him. Provenient grace is like the water in this picture. We are all going to need it. This grace is provided for us. It is God courting us from conception to the moment we surrender by saying yes to the Holy Spirit. So here's a simple definition of provenient grace. Provenient grace is the work of the Holy Spirit that prepares our hearts and minds to hear and receive Jesus Christ. God is wooing us to himself and this wooing can be done through other people, through the church, through even circumstances. I just love thinking about provenient grace, that God was working in my life, in your life, even before I acknowledged him. And somebody needs to hear this. He never gives up on you. Now let's move to justifying grace. This is when God is pouring out his love for you. This pouring symbolizes Jesus on the cross, dying for us, for all of our sins, taking all our sins upon him. Jesus is perfection, fully God, fully human, and he's the only way we can be reconciled with God. Now, I don't know about you, but I have messed up a lot in my life. And I have one of these nightmares that when I'm walking up the stairs to a platform like this, my sins, all of them, are up there on the screen. This is like a nightmare I have a lot before preaching. So, are they up there? Nope. Promise? Okay, good. It's just a bad dream. But seriously, I have a sinful life, and so do you. But how can it be that God loves us so much that those past, present, and each, even future sins are washed away by the blood of the Lamb? That's justifying grace. One of my favorite verses is Psalm 103, 12. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west, or the other way, west from the east, whatever it is. That is a long way. They're actually gone. How can that be? My husband heard a new song on the Christian radio this week, and he came home, he was so excited, and he said, I just heard the perfect song for your sermon. And so I listened to it, and I just love these words. They say you are too guilty for his grace. You're too far gone, and now you're too late. But the cross says they're wrong. The cross says they're wrong. It's never too late, and you're never too guilty. God delivered us from the consequences and the penalty of sin. 
by his son. Raise your hand if you are thankful for that this morning. Now, because of this prevenient grace, there's water in the pitcher for you. And the pouring out is the justifying grace. Now, that's what God does. So are we finished? No, we're not finished. I'm thirsty. I got to take in this grace. Let it soak all the way through me. And that grace is sanctifying grace. Sanctifying grace transforms our lives and changes us from the inside out. It's not a one-time thing. Sanctifying grace is the work of the Holy Spirit moving us towards perfection in love and truth. It's about growing up, basically. And the Holy Spirit roots out that sin in our lives. While justifying grace makes us righteous, the sanctifying grace makes our hearts righteous and cleanses us from the control of sin. So let's review. What's in the picture? What kind of grace? Prevenient. What was the pouring out? And the drinking? Sanctification. Right. Let's go back to my great niece, Cece, and the child that you love. Obviously, as an infant, you're loving that child. It's like provenient grace. Cece's parents and her family are providing everything she needs, and she's pretty much unaware. But as time goes by, her needs will change, and the interaction will change, but the love will stay the same. In fact, it's growing. So if you have accepted Jesus, you know justifying grace. And if you're drinking the water, you know sanctifying grace. Now, I don't know what sanctification looks like in your life. What areas of your life do you need to let Jesus into? But I can tell you, sanctification is a process. It's going to last for the rest of our lives. And I I wish it wasn't true. I wish we were just done with it there, but that justifying grace and that we would never sin again. But human nature, that's not how it works. We will continue to sin and continue to go to the cross for forgiveness. Even St. Paul struggled with sin throughout his life as he records. So he's writing this letter to the church in Rome, and he writes in Romans 17. Not 17, Romans 7, 15. I don't know what I'm doing because I don't do what I want to do. Instead, I do the things that I hate. So the Apostle Paul is talking about that struggle, that sin struggle. We know it. If he struggled, we're going to struggle. But here's the good part. We don't do this on our own. We don't have to conquer all that sin by ourselves. We have the Holy Spirit in us, helping us change from the inside out. And I want to make a point of clarification here. The way I've been talking about it, it sounds like it might be sequential, okay? But it's really not. The grace is working all the time. Provenient grace is operative after conversion in those areas of your life that you haven't given over. 
Justifying grace still happens after our initial conversion where we find some new area of our life we need to turn over. And sanctifying grace is a process as we move towards that person that we want to be. So my question for you today is this. Is there a place in your life that you need to turn over to God? That grudge that you're still holding on to with that person. That habit that you're still struggling with and you just can't kick it. That thing that is holding you back from an abundant life. I challenge you to pray about that and to wait expectantly to call upon the Holy Spirit to help you in that process. Let Jesus into that area and see what happens because God's love and grace is enough. Let us pray. Almighty God, how can we truly understand this amazing love you have for us? This unconditional, unmerited favor we call grace. Our hearts are full of gratitude for all you've done for each of us, even before we knew you. Lord, continue to fill us up with your Holy Spirit so we can live our lives totally sold out to you and loving you back with all of our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.